Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. Crazy ideas for open-minded people, and I've got a guest who fits into that description. Her name is Roxy Love of Roxy Love's Radio Rebellion. So you can check out her Facebook page where she posts a lot about information which might help keep you safe or information which is about how the world is being controlled, manipulated, people getting taken advantage of in terms of vaccines and chemtrails and other weird happenings that are present in this world. So in this conversation, it's kind of a stream of consciousness going <laughs> wherever the, the ball rolls. And we talk about moving to Mexico and whether countries are really as dangerous as they seem or as the government tells you they are. About 2016, about the floods that happened in Tasmania and whether they were caused by the government manipulating the atmosphere and the weather through cloud seeding. And I'll put a link to that in the description. It's, it's very interesting. I know a lot of people probably judge that claim on its face, but there's definitely something to it. And we also talk about harvesting the energy of the dead and are we living in a soylent green type world where mcdonald's is serving up people to us and a whole bunch of other stuff i don't even know <laughs> so you can check out roxy's facebook page it's roxy loves radio rebellion i recommend you you check it out and hear what she has to say also don't forget to check out the new project that I have with my friends, it's called the Multiversity Project. And you can check that out, multiversitypodcast.com. So with uh, three of my very intelligent friends on the Multiversity Project, we talk about a whole range of concepts, including quantum physics, what it's like to be trapped inside a cult, feminism, and how... Buddhism might be combined with traditional Western philosophy to come to some solution to the crisis of meaning. <laughs> so that's something that's coming up soon. Check that out, multiversitypodcast.com and Roxy Loves Radio Rebellion. Just to give you a little context, when this recording started, we were talking about weird laws around the world. So that's why I come into the conversation talking about why it might be dangerous to carry a fish suspiciously. So without further ado, let's get into it. You never know when you see a suspicious mackerel. I know I've heard there's things in the U.S. Like I think in one place there's cactus are prohibited from being mayors of the town or something like that. There's a there's a lot of what is what is prohibited? A cactus. You can't have a cactus as a public representative. I oh okay. <laughs> I, I remember somebody, I w must have been a kid, and I heard the same thing, and somebody said something about you can't bring your horse into a store. I mean, this is stuff that, like, people used did used to keep their horses in houses and stuff, especially in old Italy. Hmm. And they still have, like, in the little old villages, you can see where they kept them. But I'm, like, trying to think. I'm, like, when is the last fucking time anybody's brought a horse inside of a store? <laughs> but... I mean, with some of the headlines lately, like some of this weird, did you hear about the woman that like broke into somebody's house and she clean, she was cleaning their dishes and then she left quietly. <laughs> like, no, I didn't hear that. So I guess you really can't put like, maybe that's why they make these weird laws or like I'm an anarchist. So I definitely don't support any laws because I think it's just silly. You're letting like one person ruin it for everybody when they do stupid shit like that. But I still can't believe somebody is doing this and someone's like, no, we can't do that anymore. I you feel like I'm in kindergarten. People's houses and wash their dishes. Is that, is that the law that they put? <laughs> I don't know, but that's what I feel like. Maybe when people do weird shit like that, that's where we see weird laws. Like don't be suspicious in public with a, with a fish. Yes. Like it is in Yes, I'm sure there was a really uh, good reason for that at the time, a reason that only applies to one specific case and it probably never happened again. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, did they use it as a Trojan horse and like pull out a sword, and then all of a sudden, like, suspicious, suspicious. <laughs> Where am I going to hide my weapon? I know a fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the you know the TSA probably has rules about that. <laughs> Who knows what like you can hide in the fish? Like, what's okay with the TSA? I heard that those throw out there was one time i read an article that they throw out breast milk a woman had pumped and was taking on the plane for her baby wow. and it was like in storage containers they threw it out because they said that there might be materials in there or it might be a bomb so mm. you're telling me that they turned around and it threw what they thought might be a bomb in the garbage next to them in the airport like that doesn't make any sense really yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like you're either telling me there's a deeper agenda or TSA agents are real stupid or I don't know both. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, it's that bureaucratic mindset. It's like compliance above all else. They don't care about stopping to question the rules. They just care about following them. And right. Exactly. It's not healthy. Yes, exactly. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, but someone did tell me that. <laughs> I guess I, I I can't really say who it was, but uh, somebody told me that he he uh, had his firearm in the United States. It's a little firearm, and go, going to Mexico, he wanted to bring it over the border, and so he dismantled it and put it in a bag and hid it in a jar of peanut butter. so you know maybe they'll ban peanut butter next on airplanes i don't know i mean it likes it makes for really good comical stories but what (laughs) something actually that you just reminded me of did you see recently this is not as funny this is a sad story actually somebody tried to go over the mexican american border recently with Mm. a big uh, not an suv a pickup truck and just as florida and barreled through people did you hear anything about that no, I didn't. So I don't know if I'm saying his name properly. He's one of my friends on my friends list. I think it's said a Julio or something like that. He makes yeah. all the cool flattered memes. But he oh, was there at the border at the time that it happened. So he got some photos of like everybody in the panic over the people that got ran over. But what's what's terrifying is it's like when you are putting up walls and making it such a problem for people to just get over a border, a man-made border, okay? It is as good as a line we draw on paper, basically. It's just our idea of some egotistical, you know, ideology, basically, or bigotry. Mm. And you have a wall and these people are trying to flee one way or another and you're causing more problems because people are trying even harder to get out. And it's horrifying to know that, you know, they might be, for all you know, they're fleeing from illegal arrest for something or their kids being taken. Maybe they don't want to vaccinate you know, all the crazy fucked up shit here. And we're always pointing the finger at, you know, crazy Mexico and the drug cartel and nobody go to Mexico. It's making me feel like I want to go to Mexico because I've been there and yeah. it's really wonderful in most places. I you lo- get I your hood here. Yeah. Uh, so where are you? Uh, right now, I'm in Santiago de Chile. Uh, yeah, I'm in South America. Uh, the, How's the weather? The weather? Uh, it's a bit. Yeah. It's a bit cold here. It's autumn, and uh, the weather's quite changeable. Uh, but today, it's a cold day. Wow! Uh, <laughs> Finally, got nice like our warm day here in Rochester, New York. But so it's like autumn for you. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's the opposite side of the world, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to uh, an Acapulco? Did I go to Acapulco? To to an Acapulco. To the I've never the been there. Okay. I have never been there. I've seen it a million times. But with a kid, it's like my priorities shift. All my money goes to him, you know, taking care of him. Sure. So where did you go in Mexico? 
Where did I go in Mexico? I just yeah. went to Cozumel. I was just, you know, a traveler a long time ago before I even became an anarchist, before I even really knew what anarchy really meant. Yeah. So, but I was down there. I got to see the Mayan ruins, which are gorgeous. Their beaches are phenomenal. I mean, the whitest sand, like little crystals and the prettiest water, the nicest people. I mean, people, people seem to think you've obviously traveled because you said you grew up in Australia. Now you're in a completely different area of the world. And I've been fortunate, you know, being someone who's always been born and raised in Rochester, New York, I've been fortunate to travel quite a bit over the U S and the mainland of the U S as well as Mexico, Canada. And I've even been to England and even though it's not the variety that I want, like I'd love to travel more it gave me such a broader sense. And now, you know, it was, I was thankful for it. Cause now when I see the media, I'm like, you're actually wrong about these people. Mm. They're not all like this. I'll, um, my stepfather also is from England directly. So, and then my dad has family there. He has family in Italy. So, I mean, I, and I've talked to family out there. It is really wonderful to get around and to go, especially to other places and just see that you're wrong about them, you know? Yes. Yes. Well, I think there's a lot of pressure from the media in the U S and even in Australia, they try to tell you that basically everything else is, is dangerous and you shouldn't go there. Uh, mm -hmm. I always, I check that the Australian government has a smart travel website and it seems like every country or location i put in there it's like oh yellow alert red alert you better watch mm -hmm. out i'm like okay i don't trust this thing it tells you, you know, things like avoid shopping malls avoid public spaces i'm like what, did you, <laughs> what am i gonna do if i go to a country i'm gonna stay out of supermarkets it's, <laughs> That's what they fear, though, is when we use stuff like networking sites and at the click of a button, as soon as we want it, we can talk to people all around the world. And you can say, you know, when, like, for instance, Australia, you and a couple other people on my friends list, I know specifically are from Australia. And I can ask them questions like, hey, is this really going on here? And they'll be like, well, I haven't heard anything. And that'll make me think, well, if people in Australia haven't heard, but I've heard all the way in Rochester, New York, I have to like really reconsider what I'm listening to right here. Mm. You know, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm. But it, it is, it's pretty crazy. And that they expect you not to go places. Like when you say there's a, like different alerts places, you know, you remember right after September 11th and they were like, oh, red alert or back what was it world war ii and they're like oh we're almost at midnight or something like that yeah. for like nuclear war right. and they've just been doing this for so long and they do they really like milk off and feed off of our our energy you ever seen the kids movie monsters inc uh, have you ever uh, seen the kids movie? I, I think i saw let's see the first one it was monsters you right i think i saw that one Mon Monsters Inc. The one with like the the blue monster and yeah, the little green monster. Mike. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they basically that whole kids movie is about implementing fear, creating mm. fear, and then harvesting it. Mm. And then you know then it starts making you think like the adrenochrome that people mm. discuss. And like, are they doing this? We heard about it in Fear and Loathing, but we had no idea what they were talking about in the movie. So <laughs> right. it's like we, all, we kind of thought it was uh, it, it was a joke or something when we saw that. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> it's just you know, I feel like that's what the media does. Sometimes I feel like the media is nothing but a sales pitch to sell parts of the New World Order, <laughs> and I think it really to just make complete as much chaos as possible. Like I think the end goal for the new world order, if you are to take this in any sort of direction, whether it's biblical or philosophical, whether it was told by Nostradamus or Hermes Trigmagistus or anybody, I'm man has always been running towards an end of some sort. And even the Mayans, like all ancient cultures have said that man, you know, man's dropped in his place and then he falls, he falls 
from his spirituality. He doesn't know who he is. He is lost in the matrix, the illusion of this physical reality. But all of them, even if you study the tarot, um, the bottom sinker of the middle of the tarot is after man falls and you get the devil card. And if you look at um, one of the original photos of it, you have an image of Satan with a chain around a woman and a chain around a man. And it's yeah. basically depicting the fall of the feminine and the masculine. And then you see the hermit card after, which is the seeker blocking everything out. He's leading his way through the dark, holding his own light and rising and ascending again and finding himself. So I, d I definitely think we're headed towards something. And I think that one of the biggest things the media helps focus on is pure chaos. And sometimes I feel like nobody has any idea what they're doing. Like, do the evil people know that they're evil? Because I've met billionaires, okay? I have a, a billionaire family in Rochester that I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with. They're very, very nice people. Hmm. But even they don't know about the truth of vaccinations. But at the same time, they have money that celebrities couldn't dream of. And they have family problems and they go to therapy and stuff. So it's like they're normal people, but, you know, they just have a lot of stuff. So yeah. we around the world, we've just grown to like see people with all of these marvels, whether it's the queen or people that still go to the Vatican and, you know, praise the Pope and everything, or it's just celebrities here in America. I feel that people are just, chasing a dream chasing this ridiculous dream of we need physical things to have more or to be more because we're always striving we know deep down in our core that this is not it but we've just been struggling for so long trying to think about what is it you know what are we after we're chasing and we're running and we're doing stuff every day and we're going to work and we're sleeping and then we wake up and we drink coffee and we do it all over again but where the fuck are we going we all feel that you know yeah yeah, <laughs> so, many, yeah so many interesting things there i got, <laughs> got some comments in that do you have, um, welcome to the roxy love show <laughs> get the download <laughs> all right uh, i cracked know, myself um, up do you know my friend Gela Armini, or she goes by the name Jaliqua Armini? Do you know who I'm talking about? Mm -mm. I don't. Not off. Not off. Okay. Okay. Not I think you really like her. She, I, I'll send you her profile on Facebook later. But she was writing this post, and you were talking about that thing about adrenochrome and about harvesting the energy of souls or harvesting fear. And mm -hmm. Gela wrote this this post uh, yesterday talking about the amount of people that die every year, for example, in the United States, it's about 2.8 million people every year. And she has this question like, where do all those people go? Like, uh, are they all in cemeteries? Because it doesn't seem like there's that much land that's dedicated to, to cemeteries. And of course, there's, right. there's some, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of cremations as well, and that takes up less space. Uh, I'm not... I'm not sold on the idea that all these bodies go missing, but I, I guess maybe, you know, maybe, maybe. That could be part of, do you guys have a thing where you can donate your body parts after you die? Yeah. Do you guys, yeah. Then I think I've noticed more and more people do that. And people I feel are always driven to do that because they feel like, Oh, I'm going to help somebody. I'm yeah. going to help somebody. But again, how often do you know somebody that needs a body part and they don't get it? And I'll use an example. My cousin who passed two years ago, he had a lifelong struggle, 35 years of cystic fibrosis. So we always knew, you know, we didn't think that he would live to be a child or then see his teenage years or his 20s or whatever. So he struggled with that. And then when his lungs really indefinitely started failing, you know, they wanted a double lung transplant. They wanted $50,000 for a lung. Well, I don't understand. If it's donated from someone, like you can find one probably that might be donated and they can keep things, they can keep your body on ice for a while. I just find it's really strange. Now that you bring that up, that's a really good point. Yeah. Like where yeah. it is, it's a weird, where, where do the bodies go? 
Yeah, people were commenting on the thread saying, are we living in Soylent Green world? <laughs> like, are they serving that up in McDonald's or something? Which I've, I've heard that thrown around as a conspiracy. Like the movie Snowpiercer? Well. Did you see that movie Snowpiercer? Ah, yes. Where they... On the train the the bugs and and they harvest the bugs and turn them into protein slabs. Yeah. <laughs> they had no idea what they were eating. And that, you know, I've seen articles, you don't know what's real and what's not sometimes on the internet. It's really, really hard because there are so many agendas to just make fun of people. <laughs> and we see it with the whole flat earther movement because people will literally make groups just to make fun of flat earthers. So you know that there's people out there that are really trying hardcore to mislead people, even if it's just all about humor for them. Hmm. So yeah, that's true. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm definitely wondering if that's, yeah, I'm going to be thinking about that now. Whenever I go by a cemetery, I'm going to be like, where's all the bodies? Yeah. Well, it's a good thing. I don't eat fast food, but you mentioned the tarot deck and the devil's card and the mm-hmm. i think i think the image you described is from the rider weight deck i actually yeah. i i dreamt that the other night i had I, I think it was because i passed this young lady on the street and she had this shirt in spanish and it said satan is my shepherd and i was like whoa what kind of person has that, has that on their shirt and then that night or the, or the following morning i i had a dream uh, and it was like my old boss was pointing at me and he's like, hey, that's a interesting shirt. And I looked down and it was this white line drawing of that d- devil's card image. Uh, so that was kind of, you know, interesting that you mentioned. This was on your shirt? <laughs> Sorry. This was, not, this was in the dream on your yeah. shirt? In the dream. It, it was on my shirt. Yeah, that devil's card. Hmm. Huh. Synchronicity? <laughs> Doesn't that sound like synchronicity? Yes. Yes, it yeah, does. Something I pay attention. <laughs> I have a book on synchronicity. It was, I, I, I've had it for a long time and I'm happy that I have because I feel like some people are just learning about what synchronicity is, but mm. I pay attention so much more to those things. And I feel like things come to you when you're ready. Mm. And I feel, so I try to take that in when I see something like say one day, like the other day, a little fox ran by my vehicle and it was just something so random that now I've been starting to pay attention to it. So I'm wondering if I'm going to see another fox in my future, but I, I always see stuff or I hear stuff and I start thinking like a message is being sent to me, maybe from someone from the beyond. Um, like my mother, she believes when you when a cardinal comes to you that someone's speaking to you from the beyond. I mean, everybody has their own little things, but I definitely think that we need to listen more. We need to look, we need to listen. If we use our five senses for anything, instead of using it for ego-driven things, you know, oh, I need the most expensive food because it's tasty and it looks good or you know and then I'm going to tell people about it and they're going to tell me like oh I just want to go it's just you know it's like ego infested Hmm. so I feel like if we paid more attention to that instead and using our senses to detect the spiritual world rather than the exoteric world I mean we would be so much happier because we wouldn't be so focused I, I feel like let's put it this way. We'll take sports, for instance, okay? We don't need sports to survive. And when we watch sports... sports. Yeah, like spectator sports, exactly, where you're competing with another person. Hmm. One of the reasons I got my kid into karate is because you're not competing with someone else. You're competing to be better than you were, you know, and to be the best that you can be. I feel like rules today, you know, being a parent changes everything. Are you a parent? No. 
you have any kids yet? No. <laughs> I can tell you it'll change your whole world. And every time you see a kid, even if it's not your kid, you're going to start paying attention to how the world is treating that kid. Mm. And you're going to put yourself in that kid's shoes. And then you're just going to, you know, I, being, being a mom is probably one of the coolest things that's happened to me because I feel like I've grown from it. But yeah, so pay attention to the esoteric. I feel like we should. And I feel like a lot of us are. Do you feel that way? Yeah. I, well, I think there's definitely more people like, like that these days. Yeah, about, about the children thing, like sometimes I, I notice with, uh, with children of my friends, like uh, I, I notice sometimes they'll ignore them and eventually – like I, I was at this restaurant and, and the the child kept asking like, hey, so so are you going to let me order? And everybody else is discussing what they want. Uh, and eventually the, the the boy just has enough and is like, hey, well, listen to me. You don't pay attention to me. And, mm-hmm. I, I was, uh, and his mom starts uh, scolding him like, hey, well, you should have said something. And I was like, you're going to listen to this? <laughs> Like this little dude is trying to express himself. You you haven't paid any attention to him, and of, of course, finally he blows up because that's what anybody would do if you just sat there ignoring him. <laughs> oh, it frustrated me so much, uh, but that's <laughs> you know that's a thing about yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned yeah. that point because I don't know if you know. Like I'm I'm tiny. I'm only four foot eight, and the yeah oh yeah I'm tiny. I'm like seriously Italian Sicilian. So because I, you know, I stopped growing height wise when I was 12, I have, I love looking younger. That's, that's awesome. I love that part. (laughs) However, it has put me face to face with different types of situations. I don't think other people go through as much. I start to see the way that people treat children because people will treat me differently. And then I'll take a hat and a sunglasses off or something. And they're like, or they hear me talk and they're like, Oh, Oh, you're like 31 years old. I had no idea. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Thank you. know, and I love the compliments, like I said, but I've had people push through me so many times, like through a grocery store. And I'm like, it like when I'm holding my kid's hand, people treat me differently. They'll they'll look at me up and down. Now, granted, I have tattoos, I have gauged earrings, I don't have a lip ring anymore, and I don't really, I don't have the same uptight standards as society when it comes to dressing. Like I'll go out in a half shirt, nine inch nails, or fuck the police on the back of my shirt. I don't. <laughs> I'll hold my kid's hand and he'll say damn it in the store because he dropped something and then everyone looks at me like I'm supposed to yell at my kid and I'm like well I'd rather him not grow up to like stab somebody in the face so he can say fuck all he wants he's got a vent somehow you know what I mean as long as he knows intention as long as he knows not to hurt people's feelings you know or degrade them with words it's all about how you do things but so I've ran into situations and you know, stories are in public with people and people just automatically assume. And then they're taken by surprise when they're like, wait, how old are you? Or they see me with my son. They hear him go, mom, not like sissy or something. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious, but <laughs> I've, I've, I've shocked people because for instance, one woman, I got out of my truck and she had parked so far over the line, I almost couldn't get out. But because I'm small, I managed to squeeze through. Couldn't even get my my son out on that side of the truck. And she just so happened to be coming back to her car. And I looked at her and I and she saw me struggling. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just wait, you know, until you move because I want to get my son out. And there's like no room. And she just kind of looked at me and she goes, oh, kids these days. I was like, lady, calm down. And then when I said that to her, she didn't look like she actually like, because when she said that to me, she looks like she wanted to fight me, like hurt me. And then as soon as I said that to her, and she, I think she heard my voice like clear, she's like, oh. And she got in her car real quick and laughed. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. People are crazy. They, 
I've seen them treat children really bad. So people wonder all the time why this fucked up shit is happening with children. And I have seen, I have even, even on Facebook, somebody posted a video of a kid with behavioral problems. And I see comments about people saying like, oh, that kid needs an ass whooping or that kid needs this. And I'm like, maybe the kid just needs love. Maybe nobody's paying attention to the kid. Because like you were saying, that'll make anybody crazy. When you are ignored, that'll make anyone crazy. Nobody wants to be ignored. Yeah, exactly. It made me think of, there's a quote from Reverend Martin Luther King. He he said something like, rioting is the the last recourse of the, the unheard. And and that's mm-hmm. what it's like. That's what that's how kids will behave if you don't if you don't give them a little attention. Uh, because my cat nobody ever sees. I'm sorry. I rescued her, and she <laughs> ever comes out. So I wanted everybody to see this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I rescued her from a really bad place. So, uh, but she watches TV. I don't know why she went to sit here with me while I'm doing this. Yeah. She's mad because I'm not following her right now. Cool. Cat there. Do you have any cats? No, no, because I'm, I'm traveling so much. I... <laughs> no reptiles or anything? Re- I, I got cat hair <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> that would be, no, I haven't had a fixed address for, I don't know, at least eight months, but but uh, probably quite a bit longer than that. I, I I didn't mention, but uh, they actually deported me from Mexico almost two years ago. Now uh, that was quite. I'm not a... here though. <laughs> okay, so I <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm I went to Mexico and I just loved it so much that I decided to stay. And you know maybe the smart thing in retrospect would have been to do a border run every six months so I renew my tourist card. I didn't do that, and you know it's uh, Mexico. The uh, the officials tend to be pretty lax, and normally, if they ask you about immigration issues, they're they're just looking for a bribe. Like I do remember the um, the last time I left Mexico of my own volition, I went to the uh, I must have been in Guadalajara airport, and I went to the. Um, the INM guy or the immigration guy. And I said, Oh, well, what, what do I do with this tourist card? Like, do I have to hand it into you? And he's like, eh, just give it to the airline. I'm like, okay, so this is their attitude. <laughs> they really don't care. But uh, I don't know what happened. I got some bad luck or good luck or something, but they, uh, I was uh, on the bus going from Mexico city to Guadalajara, which is a route I've taken many times. And, without an issue but this night they stopped the bus and they asked to see my passport and my tourist card and it was very much expired <laughs> so oh, no. yeah so uh, so how long were you there for over that six month period about two years <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me whoopsies yeah i I've actually heard so much. Like I said, I was a teenager when I went there. Um, But I've heard so much about the police there. And Mm. that, like you said, they're very relaxed. And how... But they hear about our police day. And I've heard of them going up to, like, American tourists and Mm. trying to give them a hard time because they know that here, and I'm going to use the Mexicans' words, we let them. Right. That like right there, the fact that Mexico can say word for word, hey, the Americans let them. Yeah, that's exactly what we are doing. And that's what I don't understand. A lot of people think, I wanted to say this, anarchists, you know this, anarchists. Now when you look up the definition, it says t- terrorist, rioter, um, like a, a violator. And that's not what it is at all, because number one, if you are anti-oppression, you're not going to oppress other people, especially if it's not in self-defense. So, but it's it's just, it's strange to me that like Mexicans get it. I just want to say that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 they do. But except it's a weird thing because like 
people ask me in Mexico about my political beliefs and I'm like, well, you know, I don't really think a state is, is necessary. And, the, and they'll be like, Hmm, that's pretty reasonable. <laughs> but then, uh-huh. uh, and, and they also know, like if, if you tell them, well, you know, most governments in the world are corrupt and, you know, Mexico is a good example. They're like, yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. <laughs> but then uh, election day rolls around and they're like, we're going to change this. Uh, and I'm like, I, I don't think that's, that's going to work. But, you know, that goes with the whole America. Like, you know, when I was able, especially when I traveled to England and literally that's where a lot of white people in America came from was England and different parts of Europe. And mm. a lot of them are quite a bit alike in the sense that they're good with their small, older cars and they're good with their close knit communities and they don't need the next iPhone, the majority of them. I mean, unless you go to London and you're with like the hip trendy crowd and everything, but mm. Other than that, the countryside, people really don't care about all of that. You know, they'd rather have their gardens and their hunting, maybe if they hunt or something. But I, they're all such relaxed people. They want tea time. They still want, that's true. <laughs> but other than that, and same with Mexico. I mean, you don't see any, I mean, I'm sure that they would. They would see a TV and be like, oh, yeah, I love this. This is what the Americans have. But genuinely, they're not seeking it by themselves. You know, they're not like, oh, let's build an empire, like an (laughs) enterprise for automobiles or something. Like, they don't fucking care. (laughs) They're enjoying the fun all the time. They're smoking weed, they're drinking, and they're having a great time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, my buddy used to say, you know, there's... For, for certain people, like in, in certain cultures, you need a whole bunch of things to be happy, like there's, you know, clothes and TVs and whatever. But if you're a Mexican and your your buddy stops by and he has like two, $2, $3 in his pocket to buy a, a caguama, like a, like a 40 ounce, <laughs> you can have the best afternoon of your life just hanging well, out with your buddy. Your family will be there too. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> all of their family comes to the party too. <laughs> yeah, that's it's right. Always, they always find a reason to party. <laughs> I belong with the Mexican people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they love it. They, you know, and all through Latin America, people know how to have a good time. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it is they get sun. We don't get sun, and even if we're in an area that should get sun here, at least up in New York. We are being so heavily sprayed every and every summer and every spring and summer. I've noticed a tremendous increase every single year, and it's just hmm. we heard about that flood that happened, right? And was it in? Wasn't I want to say it was in Tasmania? Is that where it was? There's a flood. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like you're mixing two two places. Are you talking about Tasmania or Tanzania or somewhere else? Tanzania. Was it Tanzania? Yeah, I am actually. <laughs> was it Tanzania? Sorry. Was it Tanzania? I, that had the flood. Because so, I haven't heard anything in Tasmania. That's a, I, I'd be more connected to. Yeah, Tanzania. Tasmania is in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Tan- Tanzania right? is in Africa. Tasmania is in Australia. It's the island state to the south oh, of Australia. Oh, see? Good thing I'm talking to an Australian. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, there was a big flood, and it was all over the news that they heavily cloud seeded the day before the flooding. Oh. And they're, they, they admit it. The people know about it, and they're demanding answers. And I'm like, fuck answers. Why... Are you going to go up to someone after they killed your loved one and be like, you know, is the first thing you say out of your mouth going to be like, why did you do it? Or are you just going to be like, you know what, just destroy this person, just destroy them completely because they're very dangerous. That's your first initial thing. If somebody was to attack your loved one, it is pure instinct to shut that thing down completely where it stands. Hmm. And I'm not for it. But same regard something like that happens and people are like oh government why are you doing this fuck i don't even care why they're doing it anymore (laughs) it really doesn't matter it's the fact that they're doing it and it it's it's gonna stop like we have to start saying oh why are you doing this well can you please the permissions the asking 
the begging for somebody to do something like we are somebody. And that's what I just don't understand. Mm. Um, and we're doing as much as we can, you know, constantly we're all reading. That's what we do all the time. Even if we're on the internet and we're networking, people are like, Oh, why? Yeah, I'm sure you experienced this too. How do you know so much about things? You're, you know, you read, you talk to people around the world. You don't listen. Therefore you don't listen to the media. Mm. and you immerse yourself in other cultures and you read, you know, and you have critical thinking so you can analyze and break down what's real and what's not. Mm. And I always say to people when they're like, how do you know if something's real or not? Well, if you hear about it once, you know, you hear about it once. If you start hearing about it so many times, you hear the same story dozens of times by several people, maybe you should start paying attention to that story because Mm. maybe they know something that you don't. And then before you know it, you know, and it's either going to, that's the beautiful thing about flat earth is it's like the more people that seem to get involved with it and immerse it. There's more questions than answers. So I think that's important when you're trying to analyze what's real and what's not, you know? Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I'm not a flat earther myself, I, but uh, there are... When you're in Australia, what are you waiting for? <laughs> well, Australia doesn't exist. So, you know, Australia's just made up to... Uh, <laughs> just to prop up the, the idea of, of a spherical Earth, so... yeah. <laughs> So that are you just talking about it being a landmass? Like it's a landmass. <laughs> oh no! Well, that's a that's another angle. No, they, this was just a joke that went around for a while. People uh, and people. There were, is no Oscar. Yes, people were at, attributing this to flat earthers to kind of mock them. So I, I don't think anybody actually believes that Australia is made up, but it's just something funny to say. And it's funny to put words in the mouth of flat kind of like when people hit you back after you say you're a flat earther and they're like square earth, the earth is square. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Con- concave. Concave. Oh God! I, I think people were treating that seriously. And that's a, uh, that's a fun Can idea I to think about. <laughs> I'm not here to insult anybody for it. It's just that from being a flat earther myself and, you know, I'm always trying to help other flat earthers be like, Hey, it's okay to make jokes, but don't make yourself look stupid in the process because then you're just going to give other people more reason to pick on you. (laughs) That's how, that's how I think, you know, I try to be like two steps ahead of, you know, the herd. So, and then they're like, concave, concave. And I'm like, wait, you were just like pissing on people's parades because you're like, no, it's flat. No, it's flat. Now you're like, it's concave. And you're doing it to other flat earthers. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. But here's, here's the thing, like with flat earth, like do you think, what what do you think the upshot is? Like if, if everybody found, found out the truth and the truth is that the, the earth is flat, how do you think it would help people's perspective? Like what, what would they practically know? Is, yeah. Well, a lot of people say, I mean, I, I always knew that there was some other force or being out there besides myself, even though yeah. I was a Christian, I was an agnostic also growing up. I was, uh, stop you guys. It, seriously. It's he's, <laughs> I have a cat behind my tapestry. Seriously. <laughs> So they're trying to fight right now. Okay. <laughs> I have Kraken's like a 20 pound black cat and he's, he's starting shit right now. What was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's so, the, what would people know if they, if they knew the earth was flat? Well, a lot of people like to assume if you're a flat earther, you must be a Christian and you must, mm. you know, go to church and da, 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 da. Mm. I will never shit on the Bible. Christians, uh, or people who are self-proclaimed Christians, I should say, <laughs> they're fun to po- poke at. They're some of the most fun people because they're like a kid that gets mad whenever you say something about them. So <laughs> you can't help it. But I, I think for me, at least, the greatest thing was one, it took me about three days after I realized and was like, holy shit, the earth is not a globe. It took about three. Ah, that's my couch what are you doing he's just tearing it apart 
I think it took about three days for the earth in my head to stop spinning. And I know this sounds crazy, but like when you look up at the sky, like when I believed the earth was a globe, I would look up at the sky and I would see us moving and I would just constantly think about like, holy shit, we could be swallowed by a black hole and um, the sun could just go supernova and we could like just stupid shit all the time. You think about it's like a... Uh, what's the word? It'll occupy you. It'll occupy your mind. But it, it reminds me kind of of like Santa Claus dinosaurs. They're almost distractions. So when Christmas time comes around, what are we all focused on? Christmas presents, la la la, like stupid shit that does not matter at all about our spiritual growth. Hmm. Christmas has turned into, especially in America, how many presents did you get somebody and what did you make sure you got them the right one? And I'm, you better. There was a, a cop that came to my school when I was a kid. And I remember they asked all the kids, they were like, what do you think the busiest day of the year is for us? And the kids were like, Oh, is it new year's? Is it new year's? Nope. Is it Thanksgiving? Nope. It was Christmas. And that actually blew everybody's minds. We're like, why? And they're like, well, a lot of times it stems around presents. Somebody, somebody didn't come over for Christmas, even though it's just another fucking day. Like mm -hmm. my birthday is two days after Christmas. You think I've ever had like a huge party where I was like, yeah, it's your birthday. Let's go and cheer. No, people are sick of family, sick of presents, mm -hmm. sick of fun until New Year's. They just want like to be in a coma for that week. <laughs> it is amazing the way little distractions control us. Dinosaurs. I just feel like I spent so much time thinking about evolution, like physical evolution. And I feel like it was must be a distraction from spiritual evolution. Like why in school, even if you're not teaching religion in school, why are we not asking children, where do you think you came from? What do you think this place was made? Why are we not giving children more creative or more opportunities to be creative thoughtfully. Yes. Yeah. Philosophy is one of the greatest things that we could put into the school system if the government was not controlling it. Yes. What yes. Are we, where are we going? Like I was talking about earlier, where the fuck are we going? Cause we're just doing this stuff every day and we keep, thinking, well, if I just get that job, if I just get that raise, if I just do this and go here and meet these people, it just, it's something's going to happen. You know, it's just going to happen for me. And uh, again, you know, I just feel like it's distractions. Yeah. Uh, and it felt like the whole flat earth thing was for me. I felt like all of a sudden I was calm. I found my center. The earth stopped moving. I stopped thinking about stupid shit that I no, not to exist. And I'm happier. Um, and then, for instance, when I became an anarchist and an activist, especially using the internet and Facebook and MySpace at the time to really talk to other people, I don't know. I feel like that opened up a Pandora's box to meet other people that thought like me, that questioned 9-11, that questions the government's motives about the wars, all of that. And then that steam, when I met flat earthers, like when I became a flat earther, I feel like another huge door just opened and I met all these other people and we're so sure. And, you know, I met flat earthers that believe in vaccines and I'm like, okay. And that just reminds me that you might know about one thing, just like I used to know about one thing. And yes. then someone had to come in and drop the bomb about something else, you know? And it makes me excited at the same time. Like, what don't I know right now? At this point in time, what do I not know? Because I feel like there's more Pandora's boxes out there that I have to open. And I say Pandora's box, that's like a negative thing, but you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> I just <laughs> right. I swing the door open and just have all of this, you know, wisdom and information and stuff just like flow through me again. It was just one of those things. And <gasps> you can't. <laughs> What's your thing with flat earth? Did you look into it? <laughs> yeah, I, I looked into it quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I talked with my friend Bob. My, my friend Bob's pretty convinced that the earth is flat. And I, Hi, Bob. <laughs> he'll, he'll appreciate that. <laughs> uh, 
and yeah, uh, it's it is very interesting. I like a lot of the questions they ask because a, a lot of them, I I think, uh, are beyond me. And you, you probably have to be very smart in physics uh, to to answer them. So, or you know, in one way or another. Uh, so, so that's really cool because I think it does encourage people to to think about things. And I can't say for sure what shape the Earth is because there's. I mean, I do think a lot of the the NASA pictures are fake, <laughs> so fake. Uh, that's, that's interesting, though, because I know somebody else who's like that, and they're like, I don't think that they're telling the truth about the Earth, or maybe there's more land or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they're like, definitely don't think that we went to the moon. Right. I mean, you know, cause I've researched their data of support, like there's timed missions and everything and they don't make any sense. Like they're severely mm. different and mm. just everything from the physical of getting the lunar module. Yeah. And the, the pictures of it, there's, you're like, well, hang on, you're claiming that thing, curtain rods and aluminium foil and, and uh, paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's pushing limits a little bit and it, yeah and it's i think it's really important to remind people like uh, they'll, they'll always say well why do you think that that uh man didn't walk on the moon and, and the, the that's not the question because it's actually the, the the burden of proof goes the other way the burden of proof mm-hmm. is on as on the person who claims something not yeah. on the person who denies it. <laughs> it's because they saw it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> that is something. What I say to people, I'm like, I saw Harry Potter on TV too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, there, there is, I, I guess the best piece of evidence that something went on on the moon was that there were a whole bunch of independent uh, uh authentications or independent verifications that they saw the satellite, not the satellite, that they saw the shuttle going up. So there's all these observatories all over the planet. And I was like, hmm, well, I did think about this scenario, like I call it the emperor has no clothes scenario. Like imagine if you're in an observatory in Australia and you're looking up and and you're like, I can't see the shuttle. I better tell them. I better tell them that I see something. Otherwise, I'm gonna look incompetent, <laughs> and they just make something yeah. up. <laughs> that's possible. That's a really. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. It's the same <laughs> thing that China came out with. They're supposed, and they get better. I thought that ours sucked, but then have you seen the ones for like Russia and China? Their images. I've seen the Chinese ones and I've seen the little bubbles float up and it's not subtle. <laughs> or like a bee or something. And there's somebody, did you see the one with the guy and he's narrating and he, he's like, he's got to have like some sort of Indian accent, but the mm. door bounces and he's like, bouncy, bouncy, <laughs> bouncy, bouncy. The door for the ISS is just bouncing. <laughs> but it is like my favorite NASA inside joke. Just his voice. Cause I can hear it in my head when he does it. <laughs> all made of rubber or something or it's like all blow up (laughs) blow up dolls the blow up ISS (laughs) what kills me is it's like you try to show people half the people you try to show stuff like that too and they won't even look at it it's kind of like vaccines like have you read the inserts let me show you the inserts and then they'll be like oh yeah I've read the inserts or fuck you you don't know anything (laughs) it's just yeah yeah. I just want to show you bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I guess I think it's really important not to take things so seriously. You know, that's uh, <laughs> we, yeah. We're all going to go crazy if we take everything seriously. Yeah, yeah. I have taught that. My kid, where I think I was always, well, I'm a, I'm a son in Capricorn, so I think I've t- always taken things a lot more serious. But he told my son is a little sparkly in Gemini and he is just a ball of joy all the time. Like nothing brings this kid down. 
And he's just, it makes me so happy because he, (laughs) that's the thing I have to teach him is when to take things seriously because he's the opposite of me. He takes nothing seriously. (laughs) Everything is hilarious to him and fun. And I love that. It's so useful. Yeah. Yeah. There's magical people out there. Sorry? Magical people. There's magical people, yeah. They're interesting for sure. <laughs> to believe something like the moon landing or even just space travel in general. I mean, how many times do you got to watch an ISS video and someone's wearing cables or the CGI glitches out or, you know, or there's a car in fucking space? I just, I can't. I thought that was going to be like this. Yes, people, look. Yes. And then they're all like, fuck you. It totally was there. <laughs> yeah. And, and Musk said, the reason you know it's real is because it looks so fake. And that's like, it's basically like they could show people whatever they like and just have them eat it up. So that that's uh, that's really interesting. It's like, the- Let me wash it down with fluoride. <laughs> oh, Doc, you missed one. Poke me there. Like, that's a... <laughs> <laughs> like the twilight zone you know what yeah. I mean? yeah it's like there's no line there's uh, like how how far can you stretch people's credibility i don't maybe, mm-hmm. maybe i told you they're point. trying to yeah. create as much chaos as possible and i feel yeah. like people like us the you know the squares being trying to push in the peg hole that they keep you know they keep trying to shut us up because yeah we're ruining their little, you know, masterpiece of chaos. Mm. And but I think we're all part of that masterpiece of chaos. That's a- <laughs> we all, oh, yeah, we definitely are. And interesting for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it must be one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, I I remember where you posted something the other day uh, talking about DMT. I forget what it was, but I, t- I mentioned about how uh, I was at that ayahuasca retreat and they were doing Bufo, the, the uh, Sonoran Deserto, the f- 5-MeO DMT. And it was really interesting to watch people take it. I didn't I didn't take it, but I did. I took ayahuasca, but everybody had a different experience with it but most of them did you know both did you know anybody who did both yeah yeah i I, almost all of the participants that took bufo were were also taking ayahuasca at the night what did they say their difference was in it well it's like with with ayahuasca it's uh, i mean i know you know the basics uh, but uh yeah like ayahuasca goes for six eight hours and so it's it's a lot slower it's i think one of the participants said it's it's something like ayahuasca is like bufo in slow motion or <laughs> you know you, right. if you take if you take bufo it's like half an hour but it might seem like two minutes and it's like Does it come from the ayahuasca plant a uh, bufo comes from the Sonoran Desert Toad. So there's this toad in Sonora in Mexico. Oh, oh they, that's right. That's what you were telling me. Yeah, yeah. So they take the the venom off it and they, they put it on a glass sheet and it'll crystallize. And it, they, I think they say it looks like brown sugar. And you, you smoke it. You take like one or two hits, I think, re- really big hits. And then you just blast off. And it it almost looked like people would revert to this baby-like state. I remember <laughs> one, one, one guy was like, he would like touch his body like this and stretch out like he's doing snow angels or something. <laughs> and, that almost uh, reminds me, have you done mescaline? Because I've done mescaline and that almost reminds me of mescaline. Really? No, I've never done yeah. pure mescaline, but I have t- taken peyote couple times yeah i've never done peyote it's uh it it can be really weird but but yeah i guess hmm. well i remember reading uh doors of perception by aldous huxley and he he describes his experience with masculine uh but i don't know how much he was actually taking so so maybe with the higher doses maybe maybe it would be more similar 
to well, date. Well, when you said everybody was acting very like childlike, it actually reminded me of something I was doing. It was like uh-huh. maybe the second or third time I took mescaline and I was walking around. I mean, my house was a, a disaster the next day. I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> it was like <laughs> such a mess that it was like, I don't think I can clean this up. Like, that's how bad it was. Uh, like, it was because if you think of children and the way that they play, just, it's like a head exploded and there's just toys everywhere. And you're like, I'm closing the door. So mm. at one point I was walking around with like a big sauce pot mm. and I was just picking up random shit in the house, just all over my house. And then I asked all of my friends if they would like some of my shit. And it was just the most random shit. Like, can I share my toy with you? Can I share my toy with you? <laughs> um, at That's one cool. point, I remember my cat. You've ever seen like a cat or a dog and they like, it, they get zoomies and they just start flying around really fast for no reason. You've ever seen mm. a cat or a dog do that? Yeah. So I had a cat, a blue tortoise shawl, and she would just go zipping. And I am so fucked up. And all I saw was a shadow. And for some reason, I thought, I was like, oh, my God, I'm not even seeing her physical body. I'm seeing her ghost, like her spirit flying me. And she, like, I, it, she laid next to me. She was, like, by my side the whole time, almost like, yeah, now you're on my level type shit. Either, <laughs> like, fully dilated. And I remember... My butt was up in the air. I was on my knees and my, my third eye was to the ground right here. And mm. I'm just sitting into the floor and I felt almost like this resonating boom. And I just, I felt myself like connect mm. to everything, mm. everything. And as she was laying next to me, I remember feeling like, oh my God, like, is this how cats feel all the time? I did. I felt like that. I was like, I'm going to totally come back as a cat. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was thinking about that today, about reincarnation. Because I, I used to go to this Hare Krishna restaurant a lot, and they, they say stuff like, well, if you live a very lazy life, maybe you come back as a bear. Uh, if you live carnivorous life, like eating meat all the time, you come back as a lion. And I thought uh, I had this my friend's dog sitting on my lap and he's like, "Ah." (laughs) and I thought, well, what if, if I, if I live a really happy life, am I going to come back as a dog? I, uh, I'm not sure if I want that or not. Maybe maybe Buddhism or Hinduism. I think it's Buddhism, isn't it? That believe in the, was it like nine realms or seven realms of heaven, seven realms of like earthly plane and then seven realms of hell or something. And something about your karma follows you with your soul. And the lowest that you can pretty much get is animal or below. But I don't know. It depends on, we all believe in eternal life. That's the cool thing about religions and most (laughs) spiritual ancient cultures is they've all somewhat thought about death, rebirth, afterlife, you know, reincarnation, everything back to the ancient Egyptians. But I think it was, um, I don't know, it's, it's Hinduism or Buddhism. I can't remember which one that believes when you reincarnate, you can come back as an animal. So it's interesting that you say that you said you went to a Hindu restaurant. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, not Hindu, but Hare Krishna. So it's, I mean, it's just kind of descended from Hinduism because Krishna is a deity in Hinduism, but, but it's a separate sect, you know? Uh, uh, Yeah. But what was, oh, I was going to keep talking about, about the Bufo because yeah, I I guess what you were describing about having that experience of being connected to everything. I think that's, that's kind of what these guys were feeling, but all of them found it very hard to describe what they were seeing. But I remember um, my friend was taking it and she, and she was like, <laughs> she has no recollection of this. So that was the thing. They would take your phone and record you just so you could see later. And you're like, wow, I really was not there at all. So the, she, she would be on, on the floor and her eyes were open, but, she doesn't remember seeing anything or she doesn't remember seeing anything physical, like when the guides were helping her sit down or, you know, uh, 
fanning her or whatever they were doing. She doesn't remember seeing any of that. And at points she was like, uh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> and then she was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it was like some, some being was coming to show her ultimate reality. That's and she was so like, I feel that. I felt that. But it's funny how you say, like, she had no idea. And then she sees her, you see yourself do that. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> was I thinking? Was I thinking? but it it really is like you go to another plane for half an hour and and uh yeah it was really intense and i'd like to try it sometime i think when i get back to mexico i'll go to sonora and and see if there's a that's how good you're gonna have to tell me all about that you should do a live video <laughs> Maybe uh, it might be too personal. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, watching the guys do it, I get I get scared. Like, what if I do it and I wet myself or something? But I guess that's that's uh, compelling entertainment. <laughs> well, I'm sure they. Yeah, I'm sure they see it all the time. They don't even care. Yeah, yeah. It's like nurses, <laughs> they're so desensitized to it. They'll they'll shoot the shit while a baby's popping out and someone's screaming their head off. You know what I mean? So these guys probably see it all the time that they're just like, oh, that one shit himself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, we'll be talking for a while. We can wrap it up there if you like. Do you have any Good. final thoughts? Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I intermittent fast, so this is like my food hour. Yeah. All right, cool. Do you have any final thoughts, like any uh, wonderful message of peace and love to share with the world? Hmm. I posted recently, and I felt like if, you know how people are always like, if you could tell your younger self anything, what would you tell yourself? Hmm. And I decided that I would tell myself to get the fuck out of my own way. Uh, because I am the only thing stopping me from yeah. my greatest potential. Yeah. So that's my message. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'll put that in somebody else. <laughs> Sorry? So hopefully that inspires somebody else. Thank you so much for listening to the Paradise Paradox. Now remember to check out Roxy Loves Radio Rebellion. Check it out on Facebook. You can watch her interviews with people doing documentaries about chemtrails and this sort of thing. Remember to check out the Multiversity Project, multiversitypodcast.com. And in coming weeks, I'll be uploading more interviews with my co-hosts, Ariel Friedman and Katie Kelly. So we'll check that out. Very interesting stuff, talking about how they arrived at the current philosophical positions and the kind of mental processes that they go through their past story and their conscious development of their own character and their perspective. So thank you so much once again. Check that out. Roxy Loves Radio Rebellion and MultiversityPodcast.com. Have a good one and take care of yourself.